The following content is not suitable for children. Vulnerability, George. We need to have that in bed. Can you help us? I think so, Lori. I think so. Welcome to Foreplay Radio, Couples and Sex Therapy. I'm Lori Watson, your sex therapist. And I'm George Fallon, your couples therapist. And we are passionate about talking about sex and helping you develop a way to talk to each other. Our mission is to help our audience develop a healthier relationship to sex that integrates the mind, the heart, and the body. Hey, sign up for our couples retreat on October 1st. Great sex, great love. Just the two of you. More details at the end of this episode. So let's talk about this. You know, it's such a hard thing to do, and it's so important. Becoming vulnerable with our partner, What? how you can help us do it so our timing is right. What? Yeah, I think it's a funny word. I have a love-hate relationship with vulnerability. <laughs> okay. I, I Growing up as a male, I've been trained well to see the traditional definition of vulnerability, which is being open to weakness and attack. It is not something I want to do. My ability to turn off my vulnerability works really well in lots of settings. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's sure. a bad word when I put on my macho hat. And then when I put on my sensitive therapist hat, it's like, ooh, vulnerability is like the magic of a relationship. Ooh, yeah. Right? So how do we hold both, you know, the good reasons? I'm still stuck on your hats, your macho hat and your therapist hat. Okay, go ahead. There you go. We got to take them on and off. So how do we, and that's why timing is so important. I, I think too many therapists just encourage vulnerability in a reckless way where there isn't safety and you know, there's nothing like failure in vulnerability to reinforce why we don't do vulnerability. Right. When we show our vulnerability to our partner and then it's rejected or it's not received or it falls flat, that's when we fail. Exactly. And, and then that trains our body to say, why would I do this? Right. We shut off. Yeah. I mean, it's worse. There's nothing like risking and having your fears confirmed, right? When it's not responded to well. So, That ability to hide your vulnerability and to focus on tasks, like we need to celebrate that too. Mm -hmm. We really need to connect with people who are reluctant to do vulnerability and really get the good reasons they're reluctant to be vulnerable. Oh, yeah. And how that really works. I mean, that that creates a lot of safety connected with people where they're at. And I think the same thing goes not just as therapists, but we can get curious about why our partner may not be vulnerable. E- either way, sexually or emotionally, if we're frustrated because our partner isn't vulnerable, you know, I mean, it may be something in the relationship, it may be something in their childhood, it may be a learned pattern, but frustration with them is sure to shut them off. Right. And that's why, let's go back to polyvagal theory in those three zones of the brain because okay. it's so helpful for couples. Geek out on me, get man. The concepts. Geek out. That green zone is that ventral dorsal nerve running the show, which is when we're open and curious and playful and want to connect, we could be empathetic. This is where relationships thrive. So when I'm trying to set up vulnerable conversations, I need the partner who's going to respond to be in a green zone. Mm-hmm. Right. The yellow zone is when our body sees a threat, and that's where we tend to go in a fight or flight response, right? So when we're in that yellow zone, we're not the greatest partners because we're, we're focused on our own survival. You mm-hmm. know, it's hard to be empathetic. The parts of our ears shut down to listen. We don't do so well when we're in a yellow zone. And when people are in their vulnerability, 
they're already in a yellow zone. So mm. if they're in a yellow zone and their partner's in a yellow zone, it's really not great timing for a vulnerable, a vulnerable conversation. Mm-hmm. I like that. That's important. I don't think I've ever heard you say that, but I agree that being vulnerable, you know, already I kind of feel that my heart races a little bit faster. I'm taking a risk. So yeah, probably in the yellow zone. Yeah. I mean, the good news is there's a longing there that wants some responsiveness, that doesn't want to be alone, right? Mm -hmm. So it's not total fight or flight response. But yes, there's a big part that mistrusts, that's afraid we're going to get hurt, that's ready to get defensive. So when we're in a yellow zone, we really need our partner to be green, to pull us green, to make us feel safer, to allow that longing to come out more and the fears to reduce. Slow down and tell us what you mean when you say pull us green. What does that look like? So if if you were in a vulnerable place mm-hmm. and you wanted to talk about something you're afraid to talk about, right? And you're literally on the fence between shutting down or getting angry or staying in this softer place, mm-hmm. right? my responsiveness to you is going to be critical to that. Mm-hmm. If I'm in a yellow zone and I'm afraid I'm going to fail to say the wrong thing, then that fear is going to fake trigger your fear and you're just going to wind up getting more defensive. I'm going to feel like I'm failing and I said the wrong thing. And this is what happens with a lot of couples. Their attempts to help each other and meet each other in this place fail and both of them wind up going off with yellow brains feeling bad about themselves. Mm -hmm. So if you are, if I'm being vulnerable in my yellow zone and you're in your own yellow brain, afraid that you're going to fail me, we're kind of in for disaster. We are. So, but what if you're in your green brain? How do you help me get into green brain? Well, the beauty of the green brain is the curiosity and the empathy. That's the hallmark. That's what I know a partner, a listening partner is in a safe zone for these conversations. Mm-hmm. That there's so much, this is the beauty of vulnerability. There's so much depth there. There's mm-hmm. so much to explore. There's so much of your partner to get to know, mm-hmm. right? If you can keep your focus on your partner, and that's the critical key of a green brain. Like my focus is on you. I'm not focused on my own, you know, threats or failures and insecurities, mm-hmm. right? So and, if you stay in green brain, you're thinking about me, what makes me feel safe, how you can help me feel safe. Mm-hmm. And then what would you say to me or, or do? I mean, because it yeah. isn't always words. Sometimes touch works. Right. It's, the responsiveness is me being empathetic and experiencing your reality. So if you start to talk about, you know, I feel like such a loser. Like mm-hmm. my body's like, wow, that must be, that sucks. Mm-hmm. It makes sense why you'd feel that way if that's what happened to you. It's, it's me giving you permission. It's me connecting you. That's very different than me saying, no, Lori, that's not true. You're a wonderful person. You shouldn't feel that way. Like Mm -hmm. that's my brain seeing a threat in going into a darker place and I don't want to go there. So I try to talk you out of it, Mm -hmm. right? And that then becomes about me and my fear. And all of a sudden, my I become yellow and I pull you further yellow or towards red. And that red zone is a freeze response. That's where the shame and the vulnerability, the fears in it become so big and our partner can't respond that we might dissociate or just shut down. We go to hopelessness, helplessness. And this is why people have vulnerability and and shame because they've been so let down oftentimes Mm -hmm. in their life when they go to this place. So we want to avoid the red zone. 
right? We want to do everything we can. And that's why the timing is really important in these conversations. And we can structure it. Like we can help couples put structure in place that gives them more of a chance of, of having better timing. Mm-hmm. If at all possible, we want to stay out of the red zone when our partner is entering a vulnerable place. I'd love for us to do a demo. I, I want to challenge you with something. So I have a patient who she's female and she has orgasms. You know, sex can be a good experience, a very limited good experience, I would say. But I mean, it is so hard for her to get there. I mean, really, really, really hard. And she said to her partner, you know, I so need you to see that I don't understand this part of me. I really don't. You deserve sex. I get it. I I don't know why I can't go there. So how can you help her with that vulnerability? Because I, I know, you know, it's the trigger for him. It's like, you can't go there. Then my needs won't be met, right? So he goes yellow. Right. Well, that's the, I can't go there. What is there? That's our target. That's where we're going to have to explore. That's, that's the spot that she's been avoiding that she don't have a lot of words for. Mm-hmm. That's why vulnerability is so critically important. Mm-hmm. So you got to get my buy-in. With a lot of couples, when you explain red light, green light, yellow light, it's so empowering to them because, you know, they can, you can start off, I need you in this green zone. If you're not, let me know. Or when they start to get triggered, they go, hold on a second, I'm, I'm starting to go yellow, <laughs> right? And that's a sign to you that it's probably, we should pause a little bit here. Let's not keep going. We don't want to be reckless with our vulnerability. We don't want to go to places and, you know, have our, our vulnerabilities missed. So... I would try to, in this situation, I would try to get the partner to say, is this something you want to explore? Your partner does not know why, what's stopping her? What is it about this place that's so bad that it's hard for her to go there? Would you want to take a couple of minutes to give her some space to mm-hmm. kind of walk over a bridge, to just walk in her shoes and be curious and, and just try to help her find words for a place she doesn't? Mm-hmm. This is a time not to make it about you and what it does to you. We're going to get to all of that. That's really important. But can you, can you just try to kind of help her find the words and just try to explore with me as we try to kind of walk in this place, right? Mm-hmm. And most of the time when we set it up that way, a partner can focus their energies, their attention towards experiencing their partner's reality. That's a green brain. Mm-hmm. And if a partner says, no, George, you know what? It's just so frustrating for me. I mean, I don't get it. I can do it. Why can't she do it? And like, all right, they're not there yet. I'm going to have to get their brain because they're yellow. It's not safe to do vulnerability with a partner who's in that really mistrusting place. Mm-hmm. We don't want her to keep going forward when he's yellow because she will not experience success. Her body will shut down. She won't do it again. Exactly. So we, we need to help him. What? What if you were and when the a partner? therapist? Just okay, one second. When Sorry. a therapist is there, it's okay when the partner doesn't respond because then the therapist will, right? So there's still going to be some success for the person going deeper. But when couples try to have this conversation at home and there's no therapist, this is where it really becomes negative and reinforcing why we don't want to have these conversations because there is no success and mm-hmm. worse fears it is confirmed. Yep, they just go into their negative cycle. I want to come back. I want you to be my partner and show me a better way to do it, though, so we can model for people, if they don't have a therapist, how to do this. Sounds good. 
Hey, y'all. It is 9-11 this Saturday, and we are going to do a special episode where we look back 20 years later and George talks about what it was like and what he's learned and how he's recovered and probably post-traumatic growth. It's going to be a special release on this Saturday. So join us. You know, pleasure is such a central and important part of our lives, and it's been understudied because of the taboos in science and the academic worlds. But funding and doing research at Oh My God Yes has built a foundation for scientifically validated information and descriptive terms for what works for people. OhMyGodYes.com is a site to learn how to have better sex and fuller lives. It breaks the taboo of shame once and for all. You'll explore and find new techniques to feel good. It's for yourself. Women, it's for your partners and couples together. You only pay once for lifetime access. It's not a subscription site, which is great. It takes just 10 minutes to learn each technique. Through simple, tasteful, and crystal clear demonstrations and graphics, you'll be able to find the benefits of this research. And there's still so much to be discovered. Find the techniques to help you and your partner communicate better at OhMyGodYes.com. Foreplay listeners, save 10% at OMGYes.com slash foreplay. Please use a lubricant. You know, Uber Lube is the lubricant that I have been using for 20 years and recommending to clients because it is silicone-based And it has a trace of vitamin E, which is actually good. There's studies out that demonstrate vitamin E oil on the vulva actually heals us. I mean, it makes it better even during foreplay, even during the time that when you're sort of getting ready for intercourse, that is the time to use Uberlube. And I just invite you to go to uberlube.com, use the coupon foreplay that helps support the podcast It is the best on the market. So many doctors recommend it. And I recommend it as Dr. Lori Watson, sex therapist. I had a patient last week tell me, you know what? I have used so many lubricants and all of them have some sort of irritation to my body. But this one really works. It's got a smooth glide and it doesn't irritate me the way the others do. So uberlube.com slash foreplay. Thanks. Lori, I want to give an example of a couple I was working with. Okay, okay. Where heterosexual couple where the husband had had multiple affairs. Mm. And when you get into this husband's history, you know, he's never done phonability. His family never did phonability. He was away in boarding schools and really didn't know how to speak this language at all. Yeah. And we know people who are avoiding that shut down our emotions over time. They often are ones that are more susceptible to an affair or some kind of high or something that happens. Right. And that's not excusing it. It's just kind of the, the math behind some of these relationships. Mm-hmm. So I'm working with this couple for a while. And, you know, he's sorry and trying to make amends. And he's trying to understand what it does to her. And he's trying. What makes it so difficult is... If he don't do vulnerability, it's hard for him to know how to be there for her vulnerability. Mm -hmm. So he tries, but it's like it's hard for her to feel like he's really getting it because in a way he's not really getting it. He's he's given the right words and he's saying, I feel bad, but it's, you know, there's something missing, Mm -hmm. right? Which is so often his presence around his own vulnerability because that's what empathy is. If I'm going to feel your sadness, I got to be willing to feel my own sadness and so we got to true. join each other in that place. So true. Right? But if I'm not going to do vulnerability, then I'm set up to kind of fail you in your vulnerability. Mm-hmm. So again, we make this explicit. 
where he wants to do it differently, that's enough for his wife to start feeling a little bit more hopeful. And his wife starts to understand this. So what you're saying to me, George, is he's got to like talk about his vulnerability. And I got to try to understand that and help him with that. I'm like, yeah, I mean, if you want him to do it differently, he's got experience. And that's a hard move to make, especially when you've been betrayed. And we did lots of mm. sessions to get her in a place where she was even open to entertaining the idea. Okay, sure. So he goes into what it feels like for him after he's unfaithful. And he sinks into this place of shame. He feels like his kids would be repulsed by him. He hates himself. I mean, it's, it's real nasty there. That's, I mean, that's the heart of shame. He's cut off from all relationships and he believes he deserves that. He hates himself. It is dark. It is nasty in that place. And he never talks about it. Mm -hmm. right, so here he is finally talking about it. And his wife was trying to hang in there. But this is where her brain goes yellow. Of right? Course. It's like, wait a second. If, if like, I comfort him, he never comforts me. Oh, no, right? If, if I tell him it's okay, he might do this again. I mean, is mm -hmm. it a human why she's got a lot of fears around what to do for him in his place? It's so understandable that she would go yellow. But I think what you're talking about, especially important with affairs, that oftentimes the partner who acts out suffers too. And mm -hmm. they need their suffering to be seen. And they need their suffering, ironically, to be seen by the person that they hurt. Exactly. It's and that's a hard move. Impossible almost. But the partner actually, there's a, there's a side of us that wants to see our partner hurting, who's, who's, who's been unfaithful. Yeah. And maybe that's going to be great motivation that they won't do it again. If they feel horrible about themselves, mm -hmm. that's, they're going to remember that. Right. Mm -hmm. And so when I helped this lady, I, I validated all that. And but what I said to her is, if for good reasons, you can't respond to him here. That's what he's expecting because no one ever really does respond to him. They respond to him when he gets it right and he does all these other. But in this place, no one ever comes. I believe in your capacity to love this man in a place no one ever has before. If you can't do it now, that's fine. But I hope you can get to the point someday where you could find a way of loving him in this spot. Mm -hmm. So she hears that and she looks at me and she says, George, it feels like you're making me crawl over glass. Mm -hmm. But I think I can do this. So she crawls. Literally, she glass. reaches over in session mm -hmm. and she reaches out to him. And she says, I'll love you in this place. No one has ever loved you. Just because you've done bad things doesn't mean you deserve to be left alone in this place where you don't like yourself. And this man weeps. Mm. It is the first time anyone has ever mm. loved him in this place. That's mm. real love. That's mm. the power of vulnerability. That transforms the world. This man gets a taste of being loved in a place where he believes he doesn't deserve it. Right? When he gets it, he changes. Mm -hmm. It's a lot easier after that session for this man to want to give that back to her. Mm -hmm. To recognize that's what she's looking for when she's trying to have conversations. She's trying to get somebody to come closer. And all those years, he has not been able to do that. Mm -hmm. He's never shared that. No. And that was the lady after session. She sent me that quote from Rumi. Mm. Right. It says, beyond the ideas of right doing and wrongdoing, there is a field. I'll meet you there. For the first time in 30 years of marriage, she felt like she met him in that field. Hmm. There was no blaming and pointing fingers. It was just the two of them.
in the field together. Mm, right? Beautiful. So that's the doorway of vulnerability if yeah. we can tap into it. But we have to kind of put some boundaries, some structure in place that allows couples to get there. Mm-hmm. Because imagine if he goes there and her brain goes yellow and she says, you know what? You do deserve it. You're a bad guy who does bad things and you're pretty selfish, mm-hmm. right? And as long as you don't, you keep doing this, nothing's going to change. You better look in the mirror, buddy. Maybe you need to go away and try to work on this stuff. Mm-hmm. And she said, gets she, yellower, red even. Yep. I got to say, though, you've just given us an example, which is so powerful in terms of a person reaching across to their partner in their shame and loving them there and reinforcing their ability to become vulnerable. But wow, I mean, that is such a tall order, what you just said. I mean, I I know there's lots of couples out there that that just seems like the tallest order. And it doesn't have to just be around affairs, right? It could be yeah. around, you know, this is the reason I've withheld sex all these years. Or, I mean, there's all kinds of injuries that we do in partnership that we need to understand our partner about why they're acting in ways that are just unfathomable to us. Right. And here's the good news. There are two good responses. The best response is to climb over glass and love your partner where no one loves them. Mm -hmm. But if you can't get there because there's too much hurt and mistrust, that's fine. Then the second move would be, I want to, I just can't do it now. Mm -hmm. Right? To give that person permission for that must be horrible. And you do deserve me to come closer. And I want to get there. I'm just not ready for it. That's fine too. That's still responsiveness. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, if you can't get there, If we can't meet our partner in places of shame and vulnerability, then they will need to protect themselves from that. And that will create more distance in a relationship. So fundamentally, every couple has to face this dilemma. Mm -hmm. Do I go towards my partner when I have my own fears and triggers that come up for me in going towards my partner? Mm -hmm. Mm. Just absorbing that. You know, just feeling that as you talk about it, it is, I agree, it's the truth. We got to do that. Even when we're triggered, we have to go toward our partner. We have to see somehow or another beyond our own trigger, not go into yellow brain. And it's okay if you do to say, I'm in yellow and I just can't do it right now. I want to. Let's try again next week. Right. Right. As long as next week you try, you just keep working towards, can you keep your focus on your partner's pain and fear? Mm-hmm. And, and love them. Mm-hmm. Because if you can, that relationship takes a step towards safety and health. Right. Saying that we're in yellow brain, saying that we can't today, but we want to eventually. Yeah. That's still responsiveness. It doesn't have to be, we're, we don't have to be perfect. Saying nothing or just reacting, though, is not so good. Right. And noticing you're in yellow brain and saying, I want to, I can't, gives us permission then, then for the partner to, to say, that makes sense. I get why you can't do it right now. I've really hurt you. And you know when you're hurt, it's hard to want to take that risk. And that's okay. Thanks for trying. What do you think that would be like for the person who's in yellow brain? That'd be awesome. Yeah, it starts to pull them green. Mm-hmm. We can do wonderful things with a green brain. Mm. It's a lot harder to do that when we're yellow. Lovely. So that's our message here. I think I talked about this in my book, True Connection. There are three roads to connect. There's the high road, which is 
great energy, great sex, honeymoon, uh, you know, vacations, all the stuff we look for in relationships. That's green brain at its best, right? You're curious, open, playful, all that good stuff. Then there's the middle road, which is the grind of life. You know, someone's got to do the dishes and cut the lawn and all the logistics that we have to partner in to mm-hmm. kind of make life happen. Sure. And then there's the low road. That's these conversations. That's our vulnerabilities, our insecurities, our misses. Couples that can do all three roads have the best relationships. Mm. Most of the couples in my office kind of grow up in families where they don't do the low road. They don't know how to talk about vulnerability. And we know if you avoid the low road, you also start to lose the high road. And before you know it, your relationship is stuck in the middle road. And that's where the distance starts to creep in and a mistrust and people are getting stuck in yellow braids for the majority of their relationship. Mm -hmm. That's not a great way to thrive, right? When you can help people do the low road with each other, Mm -hmm. it transforms their relationship. Right. Both people withdrawing, they're not having the high road. They don't want to go to the low road. So they don't want to trigger each other. So they just withdraw into the mundane and they're functioning together but they're not really connecting absolutely Uh, yeah and what's so sad is they think they stop loving each other when all that has happened is the distance and the yellow brains have taken up too much space Mm -hmm. and if you can help them to see that you can stop calming their brains down magic can happen when we're in those green zones and we start heading towards each other in our vulnerability there is nothing more important than being loved in places where we doubt our own lovableness. Mm, so true, George. I love that. That's a good word. Good word for the day. Thanks for listening. Keep it vulnerable and hot. Our couples retreat is coming up and we'd love to invite all of you. It's going to be on October 1st, which is a Friday from 10 to 4.30 Eastern Standard Time. We're offering an early bird discount for the first 20 people who fully pay and sign up. And, you know, we're going to do all kinds of cool stuff. We talk about male and female arousal and how to get to the best sex and what the sexual attachment cycle is all about and how to resolve problems. And I just want you to know that all the exercises are private. So you're only going to be doing it with your partner. You can ask questions and talk in the group, but it's not necessary. So we welcome participation, but it's never going to be demanded of you. And I I just thought, George, I would read something that people who have gone through this have said to us. So here's one. Like magic, by the end of the day, we found ourselves having conversations we never thought we'd have and really listening to each other for the first time in years. It's like months of marriage therapy supercharged into one day full of breakthroughs right from your own sofa. If enough people attend this conference, my divorce firm will go out of business. Thank you. We'd love to have you sign up. It's on our website, foreplayradiosextherapy.com, and it's under the resource section. Lori, really excited about the Success and Vulnerability Project. We are really pushing the leading edges of therapy and breaking down the process and in moments, session by session, choice points. Why does this work? What intervention are you using? If it works, what do you do next? I mean, this is the next level for therapists. If you want to up your game, you want to see real clinical examples, you want to break down the process, you want demonstrations, you want teaching. I mean, it's all there. Really exciting, good stuff. It is. I love it. I listen to the new modules repeatedly. 
It's great information. I'm learning, you know, still in the process and it is good. I love what you guys do teaching and the demonstrations. They're fun, they're funny, and they're really helpful to my work. So this is training for therapists. If you'd like this training, go to successinvulnerability.com. It's all one word, successinvulnerability.com. Call in your questions to the 4Play question voicemail. Dial 833-MY-4PLAY. That's 833-MY, the number 4, play. And we'll use the questions for our mailbag episodes. All content is for entertainment purposes only and should not be considered as a substitute for therapy by a licensed clinician or as medical advice from a doctor. This podcast is copyrighted by 4Play Media.